216-474-0092. We'll get back to your calls and conversation on the Browns later. But to continue the Browns conversation, welcome in our good friend live from West Virginia at the Greenbrier. I, I hear he was coming back, making his way back from dinner. It is Chris Easterling of the Akron Beacon Journal joining us on the show. Chris, appreciate you giving us some time, man. I hope you had some tra- safe travels down there. What's the what's the lay of the land down there at the Greenbrier? Well, I'm, I'm actually in Lewisburg right now, which is about 15 minutes from the Greenbrier. But, okay. But, you know, because, you know, they're not getting down here till tomorrow. Most of the media is staying here in, uh, in Lewisburg, so – that was going to be my um, next it, question. I was going to ask, like, is is the media, are all the media folks staying at the Greenbrier as well and sort of indulging in the resort life, or is it more so outside of the, the facility? No, 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 <laughs> not quite. No, no, no. Uh, but th- I will say this is my first time in lovely Lewisburg, and it is it's actually a pretty uh, quaint, cute little town. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we, we ate dinner at a uh, nice little uh little mom and pop restaurant in town and it's it's really a really nice place it, it, it kind of caught me off guard it caught me by surprise not off guard but caught me off by surprise how nice this nice this town is but uh obviously um uh, i could go on and on as uh in, on my, in my travel uh <laughs> as a travel agent but but, uh, <laughs> you can you can become a, in your next life you can become a travel agent to get people to come to Lewisburg, West Virginia. There you go. Absolutely, Lewisburg Chamber of Commerce for me. <laughs> Chris Easterling, join us on the hotline. Yeah, I, w- I was hoping, Chris, real quick here to get before we get to the question. I was uh, I was trying to get you to be able to expense you know a, a nice little resort trip, get a little vacation in before the summer ends. But this clearly is is all about work for you. So I, I get that for sure. I get. They want you there, getting the stories, getting the headlines, diving in, asking questions. So, unfortunately, you didn't get to live the resort life. But I was, I was pulling for you there. Um, I would have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start you off. We, we were having a conversation just about different position groups and ones that still maybe remain a concern going into training camp and ones you're not too concerned about. So, we'll start with maybe the positive side of this. What position group are you the least concerned with or the most comfortable with going into training camp and why? Um, I'd probably go, I probably might lean secondary. Mm, okay. I might lean secondary because I like the, obviously I like the three cornerbacks, uh, Denzel, uh, Greg and, and, uh, MJ and, and considering what they did to bolster the safety group with, with Juan and, uh, and Rodney signing, uh, you know, yeah. Along with, you know, I've said before, and, and I could be dead wrong on this, but I just have a feeling that Grant, knowing it's a contract year and everything, he's going to have a uh, a good season. And so I, you know, I just I, I kind of like that back end, and the potential they have in, in the uh, the Schwartz uh, defensive scheme. And then um, beyond that, though, uh, you know, I was trying to think offensive line, but uh, yeah. offensive line, you know, my, my only question with offensive line is. Injury injury concerns on the right side. You know, can Jack Conklin, Wyatt Teller stay healthy? I mean, Wyatt stayed healthy other than last year pretty pretty much consistently through his career. And then, obviously, the, the question that is Jed Wills at left tackle. And then, obviously, Ethan Postage did an exceptional job at center last year. But was that a kind of a, hey, you know, kind of out of nowhere flash in the pan? 
because I was talking to a guy who was a Seahawks fan, and I mentioned Postage, and I was I was kind of talking about how well he and he kind of looked at me like I was talking about a completely different player. So <laughs> I'm wondering did they just kind of catch lightning in a bottle for those 14 games last year, or was or, or how many games it was for him, or did or did he kind of turn the corner? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean that's a great that's a great thought, and if you've got some obviously insight from others around the league, I think it's a good point. But I think to your point, the the offensive line is less of a concern, especially when you bring up Posick, because you have somebody like uh, Nick Harris, who was supposed to be the starter last year, kind of waiting in the wing. So I feel like there's a lot of depth there. I'm with you yeah. on the offensive line for sure. On the flip side of this conversation, what is the position group that you're the most concerned about going into training camp, particularly after we just got this news about Marquise Goodwin? Linebacker. Mm. It's fair. I, I mean, it's an easy answer to go to for sure. I mean, for I, I mean, it's a layup, but but at the same time, if, if you probably ask them to rank Jim Schwartz to rank the position groups on the defense in order in order of importance, my guess is linebackers last. Yeah, you know, I just don't think in Schwartz's defense. I think linebackers and interchange they they see linebackers in interchangeable position. That's not to say they can't they don't want impact linebackers I, and they wouldn't like they don't want. Jeremiah to have a big year and you know what he can provide at that that off ball spot but at the same time I it's such a front seven you know front four back you know back four back five even you know I think there's a lot of times you're going to see either three safety three corners so it's only two linebackers but you know I it's just a, a position with you know you still don't know with AWOC and Taki Taki when they're going to get back on the field, it's a good sign that they weren't placed, you know, they weren't placed on pop uh, today. You know, that that's a good sign. They didn't end up on any of the list. They're still, they're, they're part of the active nineties. Yeah. So, but at the same time, it's just, it's just a lot of questions at that position group uh, to, to kind of sort through. Talk with Chris Easterling in the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, of course, covers the Browns for the Akron Beacon Journal. You can follow him at C Easterling ABJ on Twitter. He's live joining us from down in West Virginia outside of town there where the Greenbrier is getting ready for the, the Browns to arrive this weekend. As we talk about sort of position groups and concerns and not concerns, how much should fans really – I guess, worry about the absence of Perrion Winfrey with his his release this week. Because I'm going to be honest, Chris, like my mindset on him was just that we can't, we don't even know if he'll make it through the season anyway with all the off the field troubles. And we knew he was probably on his, his last straw with the team. And I didn't expect it to happen this quickly that he was gone on the sort of the eve of training camp, getting going with the rookies and quarterbacks showing up. But here we are and he's kind of gone. So I, to me, he wasn't really a factor on the depth chart anyway. But I understand why people are looking and saying now, like, oh, well, that's one less body at a position group where we know they like to rotate a lot. As much as, you know, it was such, it was such a gamble that you roll the dice, you were actually going to get 17 games out of Perriot. Right. To be quite honest, you know, the risk wasn't worth the, the reward. You know, so, you know, I, I was sort of surprised they didn't cut him in April when the, uh, when the, the original domestic assault charge came out. Um, in Texas, so I apologize. There's a truck. Uh, it's all good. Up the hill. Um, so the fact that he didn't make it to uh, the start of camp isn't a big surprise. And you know, I, I look. 
a guy like Mo Hurst, and you know, hey, maybe you know a guy like Tristan Hill, you know, kind of takes advantage of this opportunity and and, and kind of catches lightning in a bottle. They catch lightning in a bottle with him. And to be honest, we've heard multiple times that you know there's chances they could move a, a, a Zadarius or or an Alex Wright inside a little bit and try to try that out. You know, it, it, there's options there at least early on for them to play with. And I'm, I'm going to be curious to see how they do that. But, but in terms of feeling like that's a big loss that Perion doesn't make it to the start training camp, I, I wouldn't, Yeah, I, I wouldn't sweat that. that, that that's, that's a addition by subtraction. The other big news that really comes down this week, but really just a couple hours ago was the Marquise Goin news where he's dealing with some blood clots, both in his lungs and his, his legs. And obviously this is a no, no jokey matter with the blood clot situation and whether or not he plays football this season or ever again is obviously secondary to just his recovery in general to live a normal life and making sure he's okay. But given that situation and given that it's kind of a, ominous unknown of when he could potentially be on the field, if at all, do you think now the Browns do look to add at the wide receiver position yet again, prior to the season getting going? I think they're going to have to look because I mean, that's just, you're talking about blood clots. I mean, I, I, I have, I have no inside information. You're not a doctor and you don't pretend to be I'm, one on TV. I, no, <laughs> no, but uh, I just I would be surprised if you see him on the field this year. Yeah, that's I just agree. you know a, an initial knee jerk, you know, guess. But I mean, considering you're talking about blood clots in the leg and and then the lungs, that that yeah, that that's just nothing to play with. And you know, it, it just it seems like a very long road back to where you can get back on the field playing. You know, playing at you know at, at the high level that you know the Browns needed him to play at. So that's where you now have to go out and you know once again try to find that speed threat. You know, maybe you know it, it, that's what. It be. I mean, does this sort of accelerate the the timetable on getting Seth Tillman up to speed? Is that I mean, what what is sort of the you know what is sort of do you look for other options? I, I'm sure they're going. I'm sure they're going to turn over every rock to try to find a, find an answer there, but it, but it's certainly um, the biggest thing though is you just you just just wish Marquis well, that, oh, sure. you know, and, and he you know he recovers from this. But in terms of for the team, they need to they need to find a replacement for him. A few more minutes with Chris Easterling of the Akron Beacon Journal here on the hotline. Um, what is the the big storyline that you're looking at going into camp because it's hard like fans want to get excited football is finally here um you know you're seeing it on on social media and they're practicing and you, you can feel it in the air but we all know like you got to take this stuff with a grain of salt and you know you don't really get the full picture during training camp in the preseason anyway and we don't have a ton of position battles either um so what is the big thing that you're looking for throughout this Weekend at the Greenbrier when it all gets going, but also just throughout camp that you're sort of trying to f- to pinpoint what's what this team's going to look like come once the come September when the regular season gets going. Honestly, I'd like just a nice, quiet build up to that week in Philly, and then those first those two days they're on the field practicing against the Eagles. I want to see 
them show that they really have taken a step where they're, they're, they're they truly can play like a contending football team. I, I, I've said it before, so again, those two days are going to determine what my outlook on how this team, how I feel about this team going into the season. You know, it's it's either going, you know, they're either going to go out there and they're going to perform well against the Eagles in, in, in a few weeks, or they're going to do like they did last year where that was sort of the canary in the coal mine that, no, no, this is going to be kind of a long season for them. So they, I, that's what I kind of want. Just a, a steady, quiet buildup where you see you can actually kind of see some progress, but actually once you get finally yeah. get to that Eagles that week in Philly and, and this team, you know, actually finally go out there and, and silence some critics, prove some doubters wrong and, and prove that they prove that they're everything they uh they believe they are. I like that perspective. I, I think it's a good way to kind of view the the training camp situation, and we know that a lot of times they the, the players and the coaches always say you get the most out of a lot of times those joint practices where you're going full on eleven on eleven with tackle and everything for two straight days. So yeah, I think that is maybe a good place for us to sort of set as a barometer to kind of get a better sense of what this team's going to look like once the regular season gets rolling. Let me get you out of here with this, Chris, and I'll let you get back to your nice little night in West Virginia. Um, what, how much do you think this experience at the Greenbrier really plays, uh, into this team and just the moral, the the morale of it and the team building? Like, is, is it really something where we get to crunch time of a playoff game in January and, you know, things are a little tense and because they had these moments together and they trust each other, now all of a sudden we know they're going to get over that hump. Like I, I admire Kevin Stefanski for doing it. Um, I just question, especially with the trends in the NFL where they've gotten away from going to college campuses and g- kind of getting away from training camp, that it actually does as much as maybe they think it does. Well, Kevin Smith, he hopes it does. Um, I I don't know. I have my doubts. But, but at the same time, I do think that, you know, I, I do think it, it, it can't hurt. Let's just say mm. it, leave it. Let's, let's put it that way. It can't hurt. These team bonding, this team bonding they're going to do down here at the Greenbrier, and 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 also the, the week in Philly. I mean, both of those, that's a lot of time they're going to be spending together as a team before they open the season against the Bengals. So, I mean, that's you know, if if it does pay off, they they, they got a lot of opportunities to, to to make it stick and make it work. So, we'll see. But um, you know, that that's that's obviously the hope. Yeah. Good stuff. Chris Easterling, Akron Beacon Journal. Again, you can follow him on Twitter, at C Easterling ABJ. He'll have everything you need, all the information from the Greenbrier this weekend as the team starts practicing, of course, throughout training camp. Chris, I'll let you get back to enjoying yourself, spending a nice little night in uh, Lewisburg out there in West Virginia. I appreciate you giving us some time, especially while you're on the road, my man. Thank you so much. And obviously, you can plan on doing it again throughout the season. Hey, thanks for having me on again, Spencer. No problem, man. Take it easy. Good stuff. Chris Easterling on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline.